The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I am Gene George. I'm Libby Ward. I'm Bob Schreiner. And I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. This episode is the first of a series to talk about LA Zine Fest 2013, uh, which is taking place on Sunday, February 17th? 17th? 18th, maybe? <laughs> yes. I, I, I thought it was the 19th, but I was shot down by that when I, when I told my wife about it. We're doing a very good job with the publicizing the event so far. It's happening on a Sunday in February, so just show up <laughs> every Sunday in February. It's on um, the first two, after the third, <laughs> it won't be the fourth. It's oh, going to be at the uh, Ukrainian Cultural Center on Melrose. And uh, our guest, it's yeah, 4315 Melrose Avenue. And our guest is going to be there. He was at last year's as well. He was at the 2012 LA Zine Fest. That's is that held at the Ukrainian Cultural Center as well? That was not. What's the address of the place that was held at last year? <laughs> Just for people who might be curious. Right. Uh, they can go back and listen to last year's. Oh, right, right, right. Please. It was held at the, the USSR Cultural Center. And right. then. Before that. And then the there was a revolution. Tsarist Russia yeah. Cultural Center. It was the, the Tsarist Zine Fest. It was at the last bookstore on Spring and 4th downtown. But this one on Sunday, February 17th. It's at 11 a.m. Uh, Adam Villison, welcome to the show. Sunday what? February what? 17th. Okay. You want the address again? Or you okay. the address? <laughs> That's 4315 Melrose. When you show up to the Ukrainian Cultural Center on the wrong day, what What do you think happens? What's they may have the they may have their, their permanent. I wonder if they have the permanent uh, exhibition, uh, Kapos of the uh, Death Camps, Ukrainian Kapos of the Death Camps. There you go. Apparently there were a lot of Ukrainians. Or just a subway map of Kiev. You just know, a subway. Could be. I'll have to show up on the 16th. Just to check it out. Yeah, yeah. please do. Um, we should get a bunch of people to show up at the wrong day. Adam, are you available for that? Yeah, absolutely. Mission? 100%. Yes. So let me kind of ease you all into how I became familiar with Adam. Uh, when I was a spectator at last year's fest, uh, I came across his table. Uh, you, have, you have many works. The one that caught my eye was uh, The Dead Wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're an illustrator, and you had uh, it's just these portraits of wrestlers that we all grew up and grew up with. Well, I don't know if we all grew up with, but I grew up in a house full of wrestlers. <laughs> there you go. Um, in beautiful Utah, many many of us grew up with uh, WWF guys mainly. I think you were into yeah. Right? I wasn't a big WCW kid. Yeah, a, like eighty eight through ninety two WWF was my jam. Yeah. And uh, you had renditions of like Big Boss Man. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage. After every time you say wrestler. <laughs> every time. Um, we'll take it as red. Bam Bam Bigelow. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Giant Gonzalez. Rest in peace. Carrie uh, Von Eric. This is gonna be Supreme exhausting. Rest in peace. Yeah. Not as some thought the. Uh, the first Ultimate Warrior. He was just Carry On Air. He was just Texas Tornado. He was. And uh, as far as I know, the ultimate, all the Ultimate Warriors are alive. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Helwig. For now. Well, they wouldn't be Ultimate Warriors if they didn't they, live. They'd be at best penultimate be, warriors. Yeah. yeah. Try, try telling that to Genghis Khan. Yeah. Or the present owner of the estate of Genghis Khan. Now you can make Myron, Myron Khan. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Khan. Toby Khan. The current tyrant of Mongolia. 
So now, besides that um, series of illustrations, you have you have a couple. There's uh, some are tribute to uh, ska culture, two tone, and um, renditions of famous skinheads. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, I mean, all the collections I have are basically just um, observations on different subcultures. Um, so it's really just kind of whatever I'm interested in, which is mostly music from the late 1970s, swords, and people who fight. Right. I guess. Um, people who fight, just in general? In general, yeah. People I mean, who fight without swords, right? Because they don't allow swords in the WWF, now the WWE. Not, not since the incident. Though they never right. had swords, is it safe to say that someday you'll be Didn't the Iron Sheik drag a sword out every now and then? Because they fought sorry, sorry. like cats and dogs. <sighs> sorry, sorry, I was so excited. No, not with swords, unfortunately. Oh. Did, um, didn't the Iron Sheik drag a sword out every now and again? I don't. That seems likely. I seem to recall. I'm going to look that up on the Google. I'm sorry. And I, I stepped all over you, Bob, because I was so excited. That's okay. I've got thick shoes. <laughs> um, and yeah, one thing I definitely wanted to connect Gene George and Adam Wilson here was your love of weaponry because of your illustrations and because I think you have a general interest in weaponry. Um, as is Gene. Gene actually has made some of his own weapons. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've certainly tried. Yeah. And of, and of wood, right, mainly? Yeah, no, I mostly mostly smacking stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Impact weapons, I would say. Um, but I, uh, I've hilted, uh, I hilted a bronze sword once. Hmm. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I've only made, like, really, really shitty DIY things, like, uh, you know, gluing glass shards to the edges of uh, wood slabs. And that sounds like that. completely so like dangerous, your, your though. Yeah. Mak- whatever it is. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it was for a uh, video for... Uh, That'll do it. My band, Dazzler. My, uh, my second band, Dazzler. We did a video about us conquering uh, Quetzalcoatl for the 2012 uh, I like it. Apocalypse. I, like I don't it. think it's going to impress a lot of architects, but it'll sure as fuck keep them out of your honey. Yeah. <laughs> I made a paper ninja star or a shuriken, that's the word, right? Yeah. Uh, that's something. Yeah. It'll, you know, cover ninja rocks. It will. <laughs> you could poke an eye out with that. Yeah. Paper's, paper's dangerous. Yeah, paper cuts are the worst. They're the worst. Paper cuts are pretty awful. Um, you mentioned. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> We've come to a consensus. Um, now, you mentioned. Uh, being in a band and and you are uh, a person of musical interest. Uh, this is uh, a, a little wrinkle to the story that developed. Uh, I was talking to a friend and future guest Bianca Berrigan, one of the organizers of LA Zine Fest, and she was talking about how we were, you know both admire Adam's illustrations. She mentioned to me that she had seen him play with Totally Rad. Um, and that definitely jogged a memory because uh, Totally Rad almost played a show that I was booked on in Phoenix. Uh, Adam, what did you do for Totally Rad? Uh, well, I played the computer. Yes. Which uh, doesn't really uh, amount to much. I wrote the lyrics and I kind of put most of the visual direction behind the band. Mm-hmm. Um, sang the vocoder. Neil was uh, Neil Shu was responsible for writing all the music pretty much, and um, it started off as a solo project for him, and then we were in art school, we were up at Cal Arts, and uh, kind of joined just for fun, and then it kind of grew a bit. 
and then it turned into Dazzler, and then it <laughs> fizzled off. Right. And we have uh, 12 songs that people may never hear. Oh, no. Yeah. But they're really good. <laughs> they may. I mean, you didn't bury them in a concrete slab, did you? I mean, so it's possible. Um, it's possible. Let's let's keep with that. Let's be optimistic <laughs> in 13. Okay. I'm calling the new year 13 yeah. now. Like 13. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Uh, I I heard a word I haven't heard before. Vocoder? Yeah, it's it's like the robot voice. Um, oh. There's the uh, talk box, which is like... A very analog version of it. And then Frampton, the Frampton comes alive. If you ever booked a CeeLo show, you'd certainly see it on a rider. Uh, <laughs> then the uh, so it's like a device that you would sing through to robot you up, or do you, yeah, it robots uh, you up. It just right. uh, plays. Unless you're a robot, then you use the reverse. And then, yeah, and then you walk around the other side of it. <laughs> you get stuck in the big end. <laughs> and you're like, I am a normal human. I That's am. Right. I'm happy to handle your technological phone call customer service issue. <laughs> they use that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they need to use it more, frankly. I mean, Totally Red definitely has a following, and um, you've, you've played on tour. I'm, I'm hoping you won't mind uh, resharing a story that we no, discussed off it. mic, but Bob and Libby uh, have not yet heard. Um, I will say... As for my small part in the story, showing up to Four White Walls, which is was a venue in Phoenix, downtown on Grand. Uh, it's where I met Megan and triple, the rest of Triple Nipple, which was one other person. <laughs> but uh, this was not that show. This was a different show where I showed up. Totally Rad was supposed to play. You guys were already gone when I got there. Uh, the show went on, but what had happened? Well, we were uh, we had a we had a pretty enormous setup and. Um... We were pretty notorious for taking 40 minutes to an hour to set up all our gear and uh, sound check and all that. And uh, I had worked out the uh, details with, I don't remember who it was, but they said that they had a PA. And we got there and that PA was just a small guitar amp and uh, we couldn't play the show. So <laughs> we left pretty much right away to try to hightail it up to Flagstaff to play a show at the robot house with wives and I hate you when you're pregnant and we got there right as the show was ending and everyone had left so uh, we just spent the rest of the night with this drunk Navajo kid who almost got us killed uh, by a train the end the end end. (laughs) now there are many ways to nearly kill someone with a train (laughs) <laughs> a lot of it depends on your level of strength, and I'm interested in, in what it way was, was he uh, able to accomplish he or was almost accomplish killing you. Probably drunk, and I'm guessing on a lot of cocaine, and driving us around in his jeep, and he drove by the train like, very closely, like next to it. Not like a, not, like he wasn't playing chicken, chicken like driving over the tracks. Or... He was playing chicken driving over the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, playing yeah. chicken with the train. For those of you at home, that's ill-advised. Please don't, don't do please it. Don't, please yeah, don't try generally it. Generally a bad idea. He did teach us how to say, that's what she said in Navajo. <laughs> and uh, Which is, if my memory serves incorrectly, this is like seven or eight years ago. So I think it's Nachneshi, something like that. I'll take a word. I'm writing that down. Rusty, rusty on the Navajo. It doesn't have that same, like, butto bing <laughs> to it. It depends. But it does if you, you try. It yeah. depends on the rest what the rest of the conversation is like. Uh, yeah, like I said, without <laughs> the setup, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, Japanese. you could theoretically set something up in English and then say, that's what she said in Navajo, right? Gets a, gets a huge like, laugh on the rest. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> uh, like, hey, Adam, gosh, uh, we're going to have a hard time tonight. What? <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> because we're going to be driving a jeep next to a train. Oh. We may or may not live. <laughs> that Sorry. was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. That was, that was about as good as it could. That was so much better. It totally mm-hmm. exceeded my very weak expectations. <laughs> well done. <laughs> and we have a mutual friend, Nathaniel Evans, and he told me that you created the band version of a game commonly known as Buck, Mary Kill. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. This is a really good game. This uh, We went out to uh, bury our mutual friend, John Taylor, um, in Phoenix, and on the long drive over there, we came up with uh, this game. It's a version of Fuck, Mary Kill where you pick three bands, and you have to choose to be a super-duper fan of one band, for the rest of your life, like have memorabilia all over your house, go to all their concerts, always try and like play songs for your friends that <laughs> already know that you like them and don't give a shit about them. So that's one option. The other option is to eradicate the existence of the band. Um, they never, all the records get destroyed, all people's memories of them uh, get wiped, any pop culture reference wow. to them right. are gone. The people in the band are still alive, and they may do other things, but that band never happened. And then the third option is uh, a song from that band at random plays every time something very important in your life happens. So, like, the song will play at your wedding, or, like, if your kid's born, you go outside to, like have a smoke or whatever, a car drives by and like oh, Jesus. that song is playing and you notice it and it's really fucking eerie. <laughs> Those are three options. And you notice it. Yeah. Dude. I, I think we should attempt a couple rounds of this we game right now. Uh, we can try. Yeah, those, I'm, are, those I'm, are very specific. Yeah, I'm going to po- pose it to Adam so he can kind of show us how it would work and show us how his thinking goes and I'll pick three bands that are, you know, fairly popular um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, do some deep, deep cuts of bands that I've never heard of, and then I will just randomly pick them. <laughs> so feel free to just pip, pull anything out you want, and right. I will just well, then like, for, okay, that right. one, that one, and that one. And I don't. In that case, for Adam, I, I'll go deep. Um, so for those three options, okay, I'm gonna say Magnolia Electric Company, Wesley Willis. Wait, what, what is the ranking here? Like, what do, what are, what, what, what do each of these artists mean to you? Uh, well, th- what do they mean are to you? Are you picking and he has no, to he, rank? He, yeah, he has to uh, rank. Yes, yes. Yes. So Magnolia, Com- uh, Magnolia Electric Company slash Songs Ohio. Wesley thanks, Willis. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying. I'm thinking of bands I've seen live, <laughs> like right off the top of my head. And um, I did see these bad guys live once. Sugar Ray. Um... Wait, before you get to this, how the fuck, did, what what in your life was happening that you saw Sugar Ray? They were a lesser-known band. They were on tour. They played The Nile. They were just booked on a, a show. They were like the a Nile. hardcore band before they yeah. popular, Actually, they? they were, yeah. Yeah, before they did the Halo on the Bedpost song and all those Fly things. Fly was their first song. Yeah, yeah. That song's tight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, 
I would kill Sugar Ray. Okay. I think I'd be a Wesley Willis super fan. All right. And pick Magnolia for the uh, for the moments, for the life moments. That'd be good because they are quite cinematic. I think in yeah. their music. I think uh, yeah, that works. The best way to propose the questions is um, to do something kind of like maybe in a similar genre. But it either has to be three excellent bands or three terrible bands. Okay. Can you shoot an uh, example to Bob? Okay. Beatles, Stones, Bowie. I know that one. That's, <laughs> that's an easy one. All right. I got the answer to that one. Oh, pick me, pick me. <laughs> Everyone go, go, go. See, there's something like whenever, whenever I meet like uber Bowie fans mm-hmm. that sort of, you know, adapt his like sort of mid-70s look... I love telling. I'm like, oh, I love Bowie. Man, it doesn't get any better than Young Americans. <laughs> and it's so nice just to see them completely bum the fuck out. <laughs> so I might pick that as the super fan, mm-hmm. in as much because I like his early work, but I but I but I also like torturing his later work with people, yes, and because I want to be a contrarian and not go with the Beatles or the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Bob Schneider wants to be a contrarian? What? Yeah. Um, Don't be a contrarian, Bob. Oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> what to do now? That's what save me sailor language. Um, <laughs> and then I would, I would go with the Beatles as that you know inexplicable. I hear it, you know, mm-hmm. like whenever it's I say something, like, I can't believe I'm. Yeah. It's the soundtrack to your life, basically. Yeah. Like what? Okay. So it so already is, that. but that's the thing: is that the Beatles already. You'd kill the Stones. I'll kill them. Hmm. I would go in a completely different direction. I know, and the reason I, there's there's songs I like about the world. I like the Rolling Stones fine, um, but I feel like they're um, they have this sort of like like badass reputation where it's like, hey, you guys are fucking eighty. Like the last Rolling, there's a Rolling Stones <laughs> record that came out last year, and I feel like if I worked for a record label in the Rolling Stones in 2012, or like we got a new record, I would just lie to them and not put it out and be like, oh, your record is doing great. <laughs> Because at this point, there have got to be like little kids. Like, what are they, fucking 90? 80? <laughs> I can't see ourselves doing this when we're like 105. Like, put out a record? And then they also <laughs> like, you know, they put out a fucking disco record. It's like, how badass are you when you're basically copying like Diana Ross bass lines? It's like, fuck you. But they were never bad. But that's the thing is they were never badass. They were packaged as being badass. They were the badass alternative to the beat. Yeah, but they're responsible for I actually only like their disco stuff. I hate the blue stuff. Oh, the blue stuff is wretched. <laughs> All I can say about the stones is if if it gets rid of Angie, Angie, that's the worst song anyone's so ever written. Bob Schreiner's America, that's what happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm vo- I never knew that. it existed. I vote for that. Wild horses couldn't carry you away. And you wouldn't feel like you would just fucking dab your fucking balls in satin. <laughs> oh. I, I, I've never felt that way myself. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> All right, Libby from Seattle. Libby from yes. Seattle. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Excellent question. Thank you. Uh, Excellent question. Okay, my choices are Life Moments, Super Fan, and Kill. Like, mm. okay. Um, hmm. hmm. Interesting. Um, I would... There's only one correct answer. Here. Point, point, <laughs> point, point, of, point of order. Will it, will it kill all Nirvana-related side projects? No. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> I feel like 
Hmm. All right. I feel like Allison Chain's super fan. Um. It's hard to know who to kill. I grew up so much with Pearl Jam and Nirvana yeah. that um, that I feel like they're accidentally the soundtrack to my life, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna have to go with Pearl Jam, Life Moments, and Kill Nirvana. Oh wow. That's not the right answer. <laughs> no, is that the wrong answer? No. Well, I think this is the thing: is like the 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 Beatles question. It's definitely like chances are the Beatles or the Stones are the soundtrack to your life. It's growing up of a certain age. Right. That's what played on the radio. That's the top mm-hmm. forty kind of you know yeah. pop stuff our folks kind of listen to. You know. Actually, did any of you guys see um, uh, David Chase's new movie yet uh, called Not Fade Away? It's no. really good. That has Tony Soprano in it. Right? It does. It does. It's a it's a love letter to music. Um, a little bit of a love letter to cinema as well, but just really good. And yeah, that's a handwritten love letter. Yes, <laughs> a ma- it's a mash note to cinema. It's a typed love letter. Sincerely, <laughs> the the ending will be much parodied, I'm sure, or it would be more parodied. I think it was more on the radar. I won't tell you what it is, but it's very um, uh, audacious for sure. The, the ending is. Then why don't you just fucking tell me? <laughs> they play they they play a Don't Stop Believing and then cut to black. Right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I just thought of that because yeah, that movie was about like, hey, look at this band, the Rolling Stones. Let's start a band too. So and and somewhat the Beatles, but really these guys were more Stones influenced. Yeah, I heard I heard an NPR movie. interview with him about it. Yeah, that, yeah. that energizing in the music scene. Yeah, after the Beatles and the Stones, the second British invasion. Yeah. Well, we're talking about iconic bands. I just have to mention my brilliant friend Justin Betty, who's an accountant by day and a stand-up by night. Um, refuses to tweet, but he put out this great Facebook post. Um, Take me down to the paraphrase city where it's pretty nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I was I was impressed with. He so. should tweet that. He should. I think Guns N' Roses would have to be, no matter what it was in the lineup, it would have to be one of the... Every time they were in the lineup on our eight-hour drive there, they were dead. Were they? All, all the time, yeah. I was, see, I was going to say soundtrack to your life because what if you're walking and, you know, welcome to the jungle. I'm going to say, I'm going to say if there's an opportunity to, to remove the Red Hot Chili Peppers from the universe as the soundtrack to my life. The, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the soundtrack to my life. Right. right? Grew up and that was the ubiquitous music. Yeah. I, I can only, yeah, totally. <laughs> he just did the move. Yeah, no, good, good work. Uh, yeah, Adam's that, doing some blood, that, sex, sugar magic. That right would now. be oh, uh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, because Gene grew up that. here in California. That would blood be awesome sugar. to never have hear that on a jukebox yeah. ever again. That would be awesome, <laughs> or the radio, mm-hmm. or explain to my daughter. Yeah, you're going to be hearing this music because <laughs> people old, old dumb people, Papa's age, like this. <laughs> and it's funny to think of. I was yeah, they're like the doors of the nineties. They really are. <laughs> I mean, you know, whether whether they have musical talent individually, the collective thing just kind of like, like, uh, but uh, why? But why are you so popular? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I was thinking about how like there's no escaping nostalgia. Yeah. Like we're, we're it's fucking dialed into us to remember, I remember shit that we were handed to us as, as, as kids that we didn't know better to hate or stab the people that made us listen to it or watch it. Um, stab young kids, stab young. <laughs> but it's just weird to think that like there'll be a time when like an eighty-year-old Mark Wahlberg will walk into a restaurant and everybody's just gonna put their like drop their forks yeah. and be like, "Oh my god, it's the guy from the Italian Job." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "That's gonna happen." He's gonna be an elder statesman someday. That's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Totally. just as you know, what? somebody probably you know some oh. years ago mocked. It will. You know, people our parents' age for. 
revering Clint Eastwood, who was not in the Oxbow incident. Right. Or, or anything good. <laughs> I'm really enthusiastic for when Mark Wahlberg walks into a restaurant so I can go, oh my god, he's the guy from the fucking bunch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen too. That too. Yeah, sure well that was that. more of a, of a, a youth, I, youth hallmark for me. Speaking of, we were talking of, of, of Patrick Stewart obliquely earlier. We, we should mention why we were talking about Patrick well, yeah, Stewart. Well, yeah, we will, yes, we will. We will. But uh, um, uh, we were talking obliquely about, well, we were talking about John Delancey, which which always leads me to think of Patrick Stewart, and, and to your, Libby, to your thing. I always wanted to meet Patrick Stewart so I can go, oh my God, you're, you're, you're Satanus from I, Claudius. Because that's actually the first time I remember seeing Patrick Stewart was in I, Claudius. And he was awesome in it. Sejanus. Yeah. Hmm. We were talking about John Delancey because uh, I mean he was Q in Star Trek and he was uh, Jane's father on Breaking Bad, but he's also in a movie named Teenius. Did he ever say Jane stop this crazy thing about her do- about his daughter's drug habit? No, he did not. He should have. <laughs> Obviously, if you see how that story arc ends. Why was that? <laughs> he had other things on his mind. Uh, yeah. Airplanes. Right. Yep. Yep. For at least a while. For a little bit. Adam, what's your connection with Tenius? Uh, Tenius is a movie directed by Maya Stark, a dear friend of mine. And um, she approached us, Totally Rad, as a band to be in this movie at a show one time. And uh, we didn't know her then. And we were like, yeah, sure, thinking we'd be like a band in a party scene, like some student film. And then uh, the next show, like a month later, she came with like two very heavy scripts for me and Neil. She's like, here you go. These are your characters' names. <laughs> My character, incidentally, was named Eugene Youngblood. And uh, so that night after the show, I started reading the script. And it's like maybe five pages into it when I noticed I was the lead character yes and uh that's kind of important to know yeah i've got a lot of lines i'm in every scene so i called up neil and uh anyway it happened we made the movie we lived in utah for a month it was a much bigger budget than we had thought and it was a really really amazing experience and i got to become friends with maya and no one will ever see that movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the same shelf as the 12 Totally Rad songs we haven't heard yet. Uh, those are Dazzler's song, but yeah. Or Dazzler's yeah. song. So the plot of Tenius is, as far as I can tell from the trailer, it's, uh, it takes place at a high school, mm-hmm. but there's, um, it seems to be kind of like a tribute to, to the fantasy genre. Um, there's an ancient evil. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's uh, dragon-based or Cthulhu or... It's demon. Demon-based? Demon, yeah. Um, I don't think there was much budget for, like, a sick-looking demon. Right. But, um, <laughs> for a sick-looking demon, but they had a budget for a, like, sick, for a sick-looking demon. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, demon. abstract. Demon who wasn't too sick, it just um, had allergies. But that's actually where I got my uh, love for swords and... Uh, because I got to use one in the movie. Nice. And then I started just using all the money that I made from the movie to buy stupid <laughs> swords online. <laughs> and, uh... We should have done this in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so you could see... All the swords. How oh. many swords are we talking about here? 30, 40. Wow. Yeah. I was going to jokingly say round up if you need to, but <laughs> that's applicable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple, like... They're, they're mostly, like, shitty... Like forty dollar online swords, but I have a couple like nice real old 
things that I've just acquired. That's enough swords to have your own 17th century militia. About, yeah. <laughs> Between, yeah, Adam and Jean, you guys could take over a small country that small doesn't medieval, have fire. A small medieval village. You could take right. over Hamlet. Or most of or most of sub-Saharan Africa. Right. Or, or uh, Saharan Africa. You could rid Burbank of donut shops if you set your mind <laughs> I don't think I could take over any part of Africa. Well, considering how most of the... Uh, there's a lot of uh, machete murders all over the African yeah, continent. Yeah, but those guys know how to use their swords. <laughs> yeah. But you got to remember that they're, it's it's really the will to use it. It's, it's not the skills. Because I can't imagine... I mean, maybe there's a few guys who are like, I've been doing this. They got their... Whatever their... What is it? That Malcolm Gladstone is it? Is it ten thousand hours of machete killing you need <laughs> to become a master of it? I don't think there's a lot of people. Even like the head, like uh, I gotta just do this day in and day out. Maybe he's got ten thousand hours of like killing people with machetes. But Jason Voorhees probably doesn't have ten thousand hours of machete killing. Yeah, and he will. Eventually, he's motivated. He's motivated. He's motivated. He's motivated. During the the last Olympics, I was watching this. I was at a bar watching a band, and I just kept my eye just kept being drawn to this TV showing the opening ceremony and I don't know if you if any of you saw it but they would have various members of the teams and they would have to sort of wear something you know if if you know attire that would be indicative of where you were from sometimes it would just be colors and sometimes it would be more like traditional clothing uh, and so it was kind of interesting like let's see what Bhutan brings out here and let's see who the, the fuck Dragon from King. Bhutan is really good at something really athletic uh, no offense, Bhutan, I just imagine you to have a lot of competition for scarce resources and not enough time to really master things like high jumping. So, at one point I look up, and uh, I don't think Bhutan will be offended. No. I hope not. Well, all of our listeners um, there... Well, our Bhutanese they're, listeners. They're, they're tweeting like crazy right now. Right, right. The just just killed the Bhutanese demo. Huh. <laughs> um, so, at one point I, was, I looked up to see the um, Namibia... And there was one person, you know, so there's one person from Namibia, like, so there's just this one person representing Namibia, and she was white. And for a moment, it was just like, you know, I didn't put a lot of thought, I was like, wait a minute, let me make a real calculating, it was just, but my initial, like, you know, it was kind of like different strokes. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, Gary Coleman comes out, it's like, that's my dad, and he's white, and it was woo. I had that same sort of moment, I was like, and then the, it showed her name and her event, which was shooting, Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Maybe oh, it. did that put things in perspective <laughs> in a in a terrible sort of way? Yeah. Oh, uh, Namibia. Huh? <laughs> there was a much larger team with a wide variety of events, but she's the best one. On but the she team. was just the one person they showed. It's like. <laughs> um, Adam, you have these varied interests. Um, or things you've just kind of fallen into, like the acting opportunity, and um, but the illustration, the music, is it something that at this point in 2013 you're you're still trying to juggle all of them, or are you just no, not at all. Um, I went into college as a painter and sculptor. I came out of college and totally rad, and all my focus was in music for almost a decade. Yeah, and then a couple years ago. I don't want to say the band fell apart, but the band fell apart. <laughs> and um, when it was less rad, I rediscovered. <laughs> um, I rediscovered a love for illustration. I really like drawing, and uh, I kind of put it aside for a long time. And um, just been 
drawing a lot, and that's what I want to do. I uh, get money from art somehow. Yeah. What sort of subject matter are you working with currently? Um, right now, I am uh, finishing up Tight Axes, which is the sequel to Sick Knives. And, uh, that's it. Must be. That's it. Um, it's, it's a bunch of drawings of axes. I also am doing some more font-based stuff, because that's got my interest right now. Font-based? Yeah, doing a little uh, zine collection of ligatures. And hmm. um, yeah, I have a few new things for the Zine Fest this year. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm also, I don't, when is this going to come out? It was uh, Monday. After, okay. So this is, people are listening to this uh, as early as Monday, the 14th. 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 Dude, I was just going to let you flounder for a while. <laughs> <sighs> so but we're about a month away from, yeah. It's okay, cool. Well, I'm going to plug uh, another thing I'm doing, if you don't mind. Not at all. Yeah. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I uh, am participating in the LA Art Book Fair at the MoCA, um, February 1st through 3rd cool. at the, uh, the Geffen Contemporary. Cool. So if you're listening to this and you can't wait until the middle, the middle of February to see my stuff, please come out two weeks before. Yeah, who can wait? Tell what me about, about people the LA... that are so impatient? Sorry. What about people yeah, who are, so, are people impatient so impatient that they can't wait a week? Come over to my house tonight. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I'm just gonna be sitting there with my stuff. Whatever <laughs> you want, just all whatever you want, I will do it. <laughs> We've come to learn that our listeners demand options. Fair enough. And sometimes very immediate stimulation. <laughs> uh, tell me more about the LA Art Book Fest. I don't know about it. Uh, it's the first annual LA Art Book Fest. That's um, what you don't know about. That's why I don't know Boom. about it. No wonder. Um, they'd done them before in New York, and uh, it looks insane. There's gonna be like. They're projecting like 10,000 people coming through the weekend. Wow. Um, I didn't know that was that many people that could read in this town, huh? Yeah, am I right? I don't know why that guy came out. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of more of the same thing. I'm selling, I'm going to be selling the same stuff. Okay. Um, My zines, some prints, um, made some hats. (laughs) What sort of hats? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What better of hats? They're, uh, they're snapback. Like easy e hats with the original name of the settlement that became Los Angeles in Old English. Well, Nuestra Señora de yeah, uh, yeah. de Porciuncula. It's, it's like this big. And yeah. the Writing's yep. this little. Yep. Yeah. So let me tell the audience a little bit more about this. Uh, the opening of the LA Art Book Fair is on Thursday, January thirty first. Geffen Contemporary Mocha, Printed Matters LA Art Book Fair. Um, yeah, they have all sorts of stuff. Catalogs, monographs, periodicals. Tribute be- to Mike Kelly. Uh, we t- we talked, spoke about him a little bit. I think last year he he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. We were talking to uh, with Tom and Keenan about that. Around this time last year. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, do you do you make it out to a lot of events? Like I know last year we did. Uh, you know there was Shelf Life Two. We spoke with uh, the organizers of that. Um, there's a couple Zine Fests here and there. Um, I. Uh... Not really. I don't. I, I'm making more of a concentrated effort to be part of humanity this year. Yeah. Um, usually I just lock myself in my studio after I'm done with my 9 to 5 job and just draw and go home, hang out with my imaginary girlfriend. 
<laughs> She's real. That was just a callback to something, something, <laughs> something that was on this. Yeah, to, to something that no one else. Has. I, I really do have a girlfriend. I, I suffer from imaginary wife syndrome. So, uh, she, she, the people that we have a circle of friends like between her and I that we share. So they all know that I'm real and she's real. But then I have this whole other circle of friends that she doesn't interact with really often who are less sure about that. <laughs> no, I know that Brody's wife, Megan, is real, but I don't know about Adam's girlfriend because she's not here. Yeah. Right. Alicia, where are you? <laughs> Conveniently unavailable. Prove me right. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> no, that was the cat. Uh, you, now you have this awesome setup because uh, I, I, pretty much all of us around this table, uh, not Bob Schreiner right now, but the rest of us have the, the job, the 9 to 5, or the 10 to 6, or the 7.30 to 7.30 thing. 6 to 3. Bob's escaped that for the time being. Um, and, you know, then we try to kind of hammer out what we can at home or, or wherever we can. Now, you do have the, the day job. You have where you lay your head at night, but you have your own studio. You have actually a place where you can go work unmolested. Yeah. Um, it's this beautiful sunroom. I don't want to give too much away. Um, <laughs> it's sun rotting in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a house where some of my friends live, and uh, it's just gorgeous. Like the, it's three walls of windows, and it overlooks the most immaculate grounds um, in Eagle Rock. And uh, immaculate grounds is that coffee place, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, where the, where the Virgin Mary makes brew. And um, it's just really, I'm very grateful to have a space where I can work and keep all my comic books. Yeah. <laughs> How, how's it going as far as um, on your path to making a living uh, wholly from your art? How, how are you feeling about where you stand with that now? How do you feel the prospects are for anybody trying to do that in 13? Oh, for instance, I work in television, but I don't, and I like television. I like writing television scripts, but where, where I'm working, I'm doing like technical stuff, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not doing anything with writing. So you have your day job, whatever that may be. Uh, we protect those secrets on the show. So you don't have to divulge that, but as far as making a living from your art, are you hoping to do commercial? Are you hoping to do like, it's just your art for your own personal expression and you're able to make a living off of it? What is kind of your um, path? Well, I feel like I can always make, I mean, this, uh, this is gonna make me sound like a sellout, um, <laughs> but I feel like I always have the option to make art for personal expression um, and to say things that aren't necessarily for like, public consumption mm -hmm. um but i just uh you know I, I would like to be able to survive uh doing the things that i like to do and those things are drawing pictures and so that would yeah. you wouldn't rule out like uh advertisements or yeah, no, I mean, I've done that stuff. I, yeah. I, I do graphic design. That's my 9 to 5. And I think in a way that's applicable to applying art to uh, just getting a paycheck. But um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just going to a job. Also, my job is across the city. Um, so that part 
It's terrible. <laughs> but that would be, you know what, if you were like the, you know, vagina tester at the fucking wherever, you know. That's a job. Yeah, I, just, I just made that yeah, up. I can't think of like, a I'm lot just of places places that have had that thinking, I'm just thinking of, you know, it's like, I don't know. If you were like, I don't know, but... I've been on Career Builder in a while. <laughs> I know. 8,000 applicants. Uh, just something awesome. If it was something awesome, going across town in traffic to something awesome is pretty shitty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love stand-up comedy, but going to shows across town and open mics across town is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'd rather get stabbed in the guts. Well, my total commute is like four to five hours a day. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. time that I could be doing... Anything else. Anything else. Anything else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Stabbing yourself in the gut. It's like, at that point, that's just an attractive option. So I, I think it's... it's That's more of a problem in this town than anywhere else where... you just driving across this town for any reason. I hear it's bad in Mexico City, too. <laughs> Is but it? I, but I wouldn't know. Is it? Probably, because there's like 40 trillion people living there. Sure. I was in Mexico City, but I didn't drive. Took public transportation. Did you have a job? In Mexico City? No. See si or no? <laughs> no. 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 Do you feel like in the graphic design you do, do you feel like it's it's always it's interesting to me because I'm just a guy that can talk. And not to mean that I can speak, but I can speak well. So the jobs that I've always had to sort of take as like a compromise to like what I would rather be doing, talking, are usually things that aren't so awesome. Like I might you know, it's like some sales job or something where it's sort of like well, you're skilled at this, so go at it, and it and it, and it can provide for you, and it and it's, it's often a source of material for when you're talking for fun or other money. Yeah. But I'm curious, like in the graphic design you do, like, do you feel like it's taking, like it's compromising the artistic, or do you feel like it's sort of like no, I'm mean, staying sharp in what I do? Anything to do with my practice, other than like maybe occasionally learning something new in Photoshop, um, but. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. Did any of you guys ever play D&D? Yes. Did you ever read the book Mazes and Monsters? I didn't read the book, but I know it. Um, there's a really clever thing that the DM does. Well, they call it like a GM in that game, um, or in the book, but, uh, there's one character in the book mm-hmm. who is Jewish and can read Hebrew. Okay. So he, like, looked up things in Hebrew that only his character would be able to read as, like, runes. Right. <laughs> that was stuck with me. That book wasn't made as a scare tactic, like the movie form. It was. The same. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I just saw the movie. The, the Tom Hanks one, right? Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've never seen it. I've actually never seen it. Me either. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen excerpts from it. You have a DVD copy. It sucks as hard as you think. <laughs> oh, oh, I've seen excerpts. I know I know how hard it's, it sucks. Yeah, I've never mastered any dragons uh, or dungeons. So, uh, what's the what's the scare tactic for the? the it, this is a this was an outgrowth of that of Christian backlash against uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Satanic panic. Just yeah. as heavy metal could have made you commit suicide in oh. Dungeons and Dragons. Some heavy metal sure makes you demonically possessed. Heavy made metal you kind of lose your mind and think that you really <laughs> were uh, like an orc living in uh, a specific time even though there is no orc time right um yeah. sure orcs so the tom hanks character pardue that's right pardue uh did my research 
Um, in the movie or the book as well, he um, gets lost and he thinks that life is the game. Because that's what happens when you play D anD D. You immediately yes. subs- your your personality is completely subsumed in your character, and you you completely become your character. Because that's like what you the, do. The, the video game violence right. media bullshit that they're yeah. doing now, but in the eighties. Yeah, but you know what though? I think I think the the. There, maybe it's because I, I, one of my first jobs, real jobs, was working at a game store. Like a not not a hobby shop, like a store. Hardcore gamers. Hardcore games, yeah. Lost Me, Grenadier. Not the Grenadier, uh, Competitor's Castle. Um, uh, and then later the Zone, Game Zone. And was it a Chatsworth that had fashioned like castles sort of stuck up? No. Oh, damn it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> we had those in Phoenix. Uh, no, it was, on Reseda, it was on Reseda Boulevard to Sherman um, the Game Zone in Chatsworth? Well, the competitor's castle was on Reseda Boulevard at Sherman Way, and one of the guys that partners with the guy at the competitor's castle opened the game zone in Chatsworth. Oh, okay. I feel like game stores always have to end with either the word castle or zone. You can you can really only... Well, there's the castle zone. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big one. <laughs> that's the zone, biggest, not to be confused with zone castle, store. which sucks. Um, but for as much as these things take place in or around forests, really, it seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> Game Forest for Bob Schreiner will be coming to you That's later true. in 2013 uh, I have no idea what it was. so uh, yeah so one of my first gigs was, was, was working in a game store so um, I think the it, it seems that, that that satanic panic thing was had a lot more weight to it like I think now the, the video game violence thing seems a, little, a lot more ephemeral and I think there are more people that play video games violent and otherwise who are like oh pshaw you know i think the tipper gore era pmrc you know crackdown on whatever moral majority type stuff sort of that was the last hurrah of people taking that stuff seriously now people are like rail against that and everyone kind of goes yeah 50 percent of the country is not an idiot yeah. You know. I feel like we just don't have the attention span to get behind movements that big anymore. Like That might be part of it. That certainly might be part of it. But I honestly think we have a 50-50 split in this country of uh, you know, red state, blue state. And I think basically that kind of really is a good representation of 50% of the country, whatever issue it is, whether it's I'm yay guns or no guns, it's like half the country is going to be like, yeah, bullshit. Right. Well, I think the diminished popularity... Or the d- diminished mainstream kind of awareness of Dungeons and Dragons sort of made the movement fall away because, like you said, we have different attention spans. I don't think people would pay attention long enough for you to explain what it is to then explain that it's potentially an epidemic. Like they just sort of get lost. Well, but no one was no one was up in arms about magic cards that I can remember, and those things are you know concentrated D and D. All of the things the bad that people talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Magic cards is like the distilled version of it. You know, it's like, look, pictures of demons and they play magic and they cast spells at each other and their object is to kill each other and they play wizards, wizards. Once in the in the mid nineties, I saw these kids outside of uh, Auto Pizza around the corner from Eastside Records. Yeah, where I worked at the time. Or O-T-T-O? O-T-T-O. All right, they were French Persian guys and their T-shirts said, "You auto have a pizza." Awesome guys. <laughs> Once I called place. them incessantly in different voices asking if they had clam chowder pizza thinking they would just somehow make it and I was really friendly because they were super nice guys and and I thought if they just tried this it might be awesome 
Like, I really believed in it. And one day I went in and was like, hey, why do you always call us for clam chowder pizza? We tell you you don't have it and you call back. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I want a clam chowder pizza, dude. But one day when I was going to pick up my, my lunch from said pizza place, there were these guys playing magic and they were, you could tell, like, it was their Did they do that thing? It was their That's life. their thing, yeah. Yeah. Were they possessed? And I was like, are those magic cards? And I'm like, Yes. Like a little protective because, you know, if I have to ask, I'm obviously an outsider. A threat. A muggle. And they looked like they bruised easy, so they had good reason. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to have a bunch of those. Like, like 10 years ago. And suddenly, oh, their eyes, because, you know, 10 years ago was like when they first came, you know, right. were rookie cards. Made. Yeah. So they had, suddenly their eyes grew wide. I was like, yeah, man, I had a bunch of those. Maybe like 10 years ago, but I cut them all up into pogs. Hogs. Hogs. Way to go. Their leader stood up and loudly <gasps> proclaimed, You, sir, are an idiot. <laughs> did he say sir or did he say sirrah? Sir. You sirrah. I shall thrash you. You brought up Tipper Gore, so this, uh, as we wrap up here, a fuck, Mary kill. Musical one for you, Adam. Okay. Literal one for Libby. John Denver, Frank Zappa, D. Snyder. We'll start with Adam. Um, does Steve Snyder have solo work, or are you talking Twisted Sister? Or is he just going to have to potentially... For, for Adam, their musical work. For Libby, then his men. Literal. I think I would be a Zapper, Zappa super fan. Um, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to fuck Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Frank Zappa. Which, but in which way? <laughs> I, uh... A few years back, I built the world's largest dream catcher. And, uh, <laughs> really? Are you in the Guinness book? No. Uh, but he should be. Well, I should be. Um, did, did they, don't, they don't accept like any religious huh? things. Oh. Um, but I built it at Frank Zappa's house in uh, Laurel Canyon. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Did you catch all the dreams? I caught a couple. Yeah, I caught a couple. They taste like chicken. <laughs> Um, I assume you eat them. <laughs> then that just leaves John Denver's super fan. Okay. Kill D. Snyder. <laughs> right. I feel like I have to marry John Denver because he recorded an album with the Muppets, right. which is awesome. Right. So I guess I have to kill D. Snyder. I mean. So if Hitler recorded an album with Muppets, <laughs> which I think he did. <laughs> well, I'd listen to it. Why not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I have one more question for Adam. I know we're wrapping up. Um. I'm a huge fan of amazing collaborations between weird and creative people. Like, I really enjoy uh, the Ellington Coltrane jazz album. And, like, I love Eternal Sunshine to Spotless Mind because I think Michelle Gondry is brilliant and Charlie Kaufman are brilliant. And together, they're super brilliant. So, uh, as an illustrator, is there anyone that you're excited to collaborate with for super brilliance? Hmm. Um, and it can be a fantasy collaboration. I think I can, like... This is a shitty answer, but I think I got burned out on collaboration um, from from being in a band for so many years. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm really enjoying just doing things on my own and like not having any responsibility towards anybody else in the creative process. Um, I just did a collaboration with a friend of mine, um, but we each drew our own drawings. That's more like dueling banjos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you pencils? Not, not right now, and not at the moment. I, I don't have anyone in particular.
particular that I want to work with. Okay. That's what about a, that's all a time? Good answer. I'm not from history. Um, from history, I think. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of illustrators I'd like to work with, um, just to learn or just to watch them draw. Really, like Mobius, I would fucking. Um, I would fuck Mobius. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, man, I have to think about this. Can I get back to you in a couple days? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and they don't have to be illustrators. I mean, is there anyone whose stories you'd be excited to illustrate or whose music would inspire your illustration? Or Well, I feel like I could just do that. Um, without the, without their yeah, knowledge, without not so, tell them. it's not like I'm operating on any like level where someone's gonna sue me. Um. Sure, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, at some point though, wouldn't you uh, be interested in like for me? I have a, a love affair with Alice in Wonderland and Lewis Carroll, and I do a lot of artwork. I did a lot of printmaking based on like an urban idea of Alice in Wonderland. But if I had the opportunity to chat with Lewis Carroll as well mm-hmm. and be like, what were your inspirations when you wrote Alice in Wonderland? And like, what do you think of my prints? And how can we like collaborate to form something doubly awesome? There's right. no one that he would be. I, we could do that. We could role play that right now. Hey, <laughs> I'm completely crazy. You're not a 13 year old girl. I want opium. <laughs> Okay. Man, that's, that's how it would go. That's how it would go. Done and done. You don't have to collaborate. <laughs> it's okay. All right, I you know what? I, I have an answer for this. All right. um, and I've started it in a way um, with the monstrous manual to uh, genetic afflictions that I did. Um, I would totally work with Gary Gygax and do okay. an entire recipes manual. Recipes. Do an entire monstrous manual or fiend folio or one of those. Awesome. D books. Yeah. Good, and then carry on being a lone wolf and uh, sequestering yourself, and I'll stop pestering you and and <laughs> eating all of the dehydrated strawberries. Yeah, what you're not hearing um, <laughs> on the microphones, what the microphones aren't picking up, uh, is the uh, the tension between Adam and Libby over the. <laughs> the like wonderful food that Gene brought. There's this amazing fruit mix, but I don't like bananas. <laughs> I keep picking out all the almonds and strawberries, and Adam's giving me the stink eye. But <laughs> so what we'll do, so these two can uh, <laughs> settle our differences, build a bridge. Is uh, none just, of this is happening. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know that you can um, find Adam online at adamvillacin.com. That's A D A M V I L L A C I N. You tweet occasionally. Very occasionally. Yeah. I'm, I'm more up on uh, Instagram these days. Yeah. So where um, can they find you with those two platforms? Same same handle. It's Radam Chillison. Okay. Uh, spelled like it sounds. Very cool. <laughs> Precisely. And uh, we can see you uh, at the, the, the... What's the full name of the event again? This is at the... The uh, LA Art Book Fair mm-hmm. at the MoCA... Geffen Contemporary, yes. February 1st through 3rd, and then at the LA Zine Fest. At the Ukrainian Cultural Center. At the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Ask, about their, ask about their contributions to world war, war crimes in World War II. Ask about Ukrainian World of Warcraft. Yes. Um, <laughs> February 19th. February 19th? Mm-hmm. 19th. Um, come say hi, I'm friendly. Yeah, you'll You're see. Friendly. 
You can but see he doesn't like to collaborate. Bring him some dehydrated. He sounds like a total dick. <laughs> Just say hi. Don't work. Don't work with him. You can you can see Adam there. You'll see uh, Libby and Bob and Gene myself there. Uh, we'll have the table for Shaky Town Radio, and I'll have better have four chairs. And for my uh, for my zine fair dig, um, and. Keep tuning in to the podcast. We'll have uh, Bianca Berrigan and other organizers of LA Zine Fest to be determined uh, on our next episode. And trying to line up some other artists and writers uh, that will also be at the Zine Fest. So you can get a preview of their work here on our podcast. Adam Wilson, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad the microphones were satisfactory so that you would stay. And <laughs> you would not take off. Agreed. Was that was that a deal breaker? I missed that. Was that a, was that a deal breaker? <laughs> oh man, you're making me sound like such. A- <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's Adam was uh, great on the show, and he's great artwork. We'll uh, link to some of it on the blog, as always at shakytownradio.com. Uh, Gene, Libby, Bob, any of you guys got anything else coming up that you want to let these fine folks know about? We have, as I mentioned uh, last episode, The Untold Story of Indie Rock, amazing rock and roll musical comedy that I'm managing, is coming up at Iowa West on the 19th of January at 11.30 p.m. That's this Friday. Yeah. Assuming you're listening to this on Monday. It's the Saturday. This Saturday. Saturday. I don't know dates. I don't know calendars. Yeah, January, Saturday, January 19th. um, And I'll be at Zinefest with Unemployed Ninja. What is that in the, in the Aztec calendar? Is it like 16 rabbit? <laughs> That's Reiner? the star date on a... <laughs> right. 2735.1. Um, nothing coming up super, super soon, but soon you will be seeing me in the pages of The Village Voice, which I'm All excited right. about. Mm-hmm. You starting that massage business up again? Uh, yeah. I'm also working on my Cock of the Month Club, specifically <laughs> for Brody, which I think you will enjoy as much for the pictures as the numbers. <laughs> which will make you a more qualified vagina tester. That's right. <laughs> Do you enjoy it? Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> no, I, I'm hoping to get some sleep is really what I'm hoping. All right. Yeah, no. Zine Fest, and uh, we're working on some stuff that may be there, may, may not be there. Time will tell. Time will I tell. cannot tell time. <laughs> so until that time, I am Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. I'm Libby Ward. I'm uh, Bob Schreiner. I'm Adam Villison. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs>